Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you on Election Day here in the United States of America. And as always, we got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we try to help you slow things down just a little bit. And that's going to be tough today. But we are going to help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense on what will be a very busy day. Uh, currently, we're watching uh, live uh, President Donald J. Trump is speaking to campaign supporters and campaign staff uh, at their uh, headquarters in Virginia. And uh, we know that Joe Biden has been traveling out and about uh, today in uh, Pennsylvania. I think he visited his uh, birthplace of Scranton earlier in the day. And uh, everyone's trying to drum up those last few votes, those uh, last few voters that need to get out and uh, get to the polls. So we're going to break all of that down today. We'll be joined coming up at 1120 by our good friend Herb Scribner, uh, who's going to look at what is trending online today. What are the things that are actually happening out there and uh, what are what's keeping the Twitterverse and the social media channels uh, rocking and rolling on Election Day today? We'll be joined a little later on this hour by our good friend from the Hinckley Institute of Politics, uh, Jason Perry. And we'll do a quick preview and a little recap in terms of what has happened so far today and what we should be watching for as we roll into the evening. And, of course, you want to stay with KSL throughout the day today. Uh, and into the evening for wall-to-wall election coverage uh, here on KSL News Radio. We'll have a great program tonight. Uh, Jeff Kaplan will uh, play play air traffic control and keep everything rolling along. Uh, Doug Wright uh, and uh, myself will be uh, on air with you throughout the evening, giving you updates uh, both locally and nationally, and uh, helping you trying to sort it all out on a big election day. Uh, here in the country and here in the state of Utah, a lot of tight races, uh, a lot of interesting things to to break down and take a look at. So as we roll into the day today, as I mentioned, uh, both uh, President Trump and the former Vice President Joe Biden are uh, just doing their last few things. No big rallies today, no big public appearances, uh, although I meant, as I mentioned, the uh, president is just uh, giving a few kind words to his supporters and staffers uh, at their headquarters there just outside of Washington, D.C. in Virginia. And uh, so we'll uh, maybe look at a little bit of sound coming out of there in just a little bit. Uh, but as you look at how the uh, the day has uh, been going, it's it's been pretty similar. And uh, let's start with where Joe Biden started the day uh, with a little look at Scranton, Pennsylvania. 
So that's been very much uh, part of his theme, uh, is trying to bring some of that decency back. Uh, I, I will quibble with the uh, former vice president on where the heart and soul of the nation is. It is not in an election. It is not in a campaign victory. It is not in the White House or Congress or Fort Knox or anyone else. The heart and soul of this country uh, is for sure, for certain in the heart and soul of the American people. And we need to remind our politicians that that's where it lies and that's where it lands. And uh, it is not something to be fought over, claimed or counterclaimed by a political party or, or by any campaign or candidate. And so those are all important messages today. Uh, the former vice president uh, went on kind of his final campaign message as he rounded it all out with uh, one of his uh, what became kind of standard towards the end of the campaign there doing things at a drive-in theater. Everybody knows who Donald Trump is. Let's keep showing them who we are. So a lot of a lot of the uh, a new version of Honk and Wave. Uh, they're now actually pulling in. It used to be you'd stand on the street corner and uh, and hold uh, hold up your signs, but in the age of coronavirus, uh, they're doing things just a little bit different in terms of these rallies today. Uh, the president this morning uh, started early, as is often the case with the president, and uh, he went to one of his go-to sources. He went to Fox and Friends and uh, laid this out. A country could never be the same country if they win because they're radicalized left. Joe Biden will never call the shots, and if he does, he's not going to be there very long. He's got a vice president who's further left than Bernie Sanders, who is not a particularly good person. If she became the first woman president, I think it would be a terrible thing for our country. I think it would be a terrible thing for women. I look forward to the first woman president, but I wouldn't look forward to her being that person. I think it would be a very bad thing. And uh, I think you'd have a country that would become a socialist country. If they packed the courts, that would be a terrible thing. All right. So both Joe Biden and President Trump uh, have stayed on very similar themes, which I am certain from their from their political consultants and all of their poll tested phrases. Uh, they think that is the winning combination. Uh, and I disagree with both of them uh, that this is uh, the last thing you should have ringing in the ears of a voter is a positive forward moving message not uh, harping on what you're against or against your opponent or any attacks. Uh, it should be about what your vision is for the future. And uh, as as citizens, as voters, we've got to get back to that. And we have to expect more and demand more uh, out of those that are running for office. Uh, also important to note, uh, this is an important day in history. Uh, this was the day back in 1896 uh, when Martha Hughes Cannon uh, ran for and won a state Senate seat and became the first here in the state of Utah. And uh, so that's an important uh, date uh, in history as uh, Martha Hughes Cannon became that, uh, that first elected state Senator uh, for the state of Utah. And uh, again, she'll have a, a nice uh, statue there in statuary hall. I'm not sure the location on all of that just yet, but uh, that will be there and uh, rightly so. Uh, also, a couple other things just to be watching as we're going through the uh, the day today. Obviously, we've got some close races here in the state of Utah. Governor's race is an important one. I don't think that one's going to be especially close today. Uh, but, of course, the 4th Congressional District seat uh, between the Democratic incumbent 
Ben McAdams and the Republican challenger Burgess Owens will be uh, will be hotly contested. It'll be close. I actually think we're going to get a uh, a resolution today. I think we're going to get enough votes in that uh, we'll have a pretty clear sense. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a cliffhanger for weeks and weeks, uh, and I hope I'm right on that. I think we'll get a clear winner uh, hopefully by the – it'll probably be late, late, late or early tomorrow – uh, but I think we'll get to that. Uh, we've already had over a million votes uh, been cast here in the state of Utah. And so uh, we're going to continue to monitor all of that as we go throughout the day uh, here on KSL News Radio. So stay with us. Join the conversation to be sure. You can do that on the Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. And if ever there was a day uh, to download and tap into the KSL News Radio app powered by Any Hour Services. Today is that day. It will keep you up to the minute on all things that are happening uh, here across the state and around the country. Uh, so make sure you tap into that as well. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, our good friend Herb Scribner from the Deseret News, all things trending on Election Day. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is Election Day, and it is great to be with you. Hope you hopefully you have already cast your ballot and are good to go. And you can stay tuned with us all night long here on KSL News Radio. To uh, get the latest results, updates uh, on everything happening. If you have any questions in terms of voting today, uh, go vote.ut.gov. You can find the polling locations, the drop-off locations, uh, all of those things. You cannot put it in the mail today. Remember, it had to be postmarked yesterday. So if you need to drop off your ballot, make sure you find out one of those uh, drop-off locations so you can make sure that your voice counts. Uh, very pleased to have joining us on the program now our good friend Herb Scribner, uh, who covers all things trending uh, for us at the Deseret News. Uh, Herb, how you doing? I'm good, Boyd. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's great to it's great to talk to you. Yeah, First time in a while. It has been way too long, and uh, uh, Herb and I share a floor of the uh, of the building here. And uh, often they, we have a genius bar, uh, mostly because Herb's a genius. So I just kind of go and try to partake of the knowledge over there. Uh, we have missed that mightily during the pandemic. So it's uh, good to have you on air today. So as you're as you're looking at uh, what's trending today. Uh, looking out there into the Twitterverse and uh, the uh, interwebs, uh, what what are you seeing? What are you sensing out there? Yeah, I think a lot of people are. Um, for one thing, they're everyone's sharing their uh, voter stickers, their their I voted stickers. Um, every, it's kind of interesting this year because, like, 
I think just people are getting those in different ways with, with mail-in voting and whatnot. People are sharing their stickers online, so that's kind of cool. Um, and the other thing, people are just sharing, like, different interactive uh, maps that they've created. Um, I actually just uh, put out an article that kind of explained where you can find, like, interactive maps to fill out if you want to create your own path to 270. Um, so people are sharing that. And, uh, yeah, so people are really just kind of talking about that and kind of, like, you know, off, obviously, as they do, offer predictions about what's going to happen, even though probably no one knows at all. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a kind of a very predictive, prediction heavy uh, social media discussion this morning. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of those uh, stickers uh, popping up uh, all over the place. And uh, obviously, there's some uh, the the national interest, of course, is is the big one. Everyone's kind of making their last uh, cases for or against both Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Uh, that seems to be going. Is there anything trending in terms of those kinds of things? Uh, you, you know, in previous elections, we had, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton's emails or some of the scandals that uh, President Trump was in. This year, we've got Hunter Biden was kind of trending a few a few days ago. Uh, anything, uh, any November surprises uh, out there in the trending world today? Yeah, I think mainly what you're seeing is a lot of discussion about how uh, each of the candidates um, will fare in different states, and, and kind of kind of interesting. It's a little more of the nitty gritty. I know there's talk of like what which states will fall to which candidate. Like you know, there's uh, some new terms that are out there like red mirage and blue mirage, which is like looking at how races might look based on early ballots. Um, you know, and then uh, just kind of like the perception of stuff. There's also just been a, a lot of time. the Hunter Biden discussion actually has been pretty pretty rampant on on social media um, and kind of like Biden's connection to like big tech and uh, voter fraud obviously a discussion um, and and how ballots are being returned uh, a lot of a lot of talk about you know how uh, how different areas of the country are surpassing 2016 vote totals um, that's also kind of a thing this year. Um, so it's, it, it's interestingly about the process this year, and I think less about the candidates, which I find kind of fascinating that people are talking about the voting process more than more than individual candidates. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's crazy. So have you put together uh, your own uh, path to 270? I know I know the I know the herb for president was kind of an underground thing, but uh, have, have you charted your path to victory yet? Yeah, you know, I did. I charted my path and it's uh, it's it's I think I can still get there by the end of the night. But uh but yeah, I think uh, those those maps are always fun to deal with, and because uh, you can really just see how complicated, and at the same time, how complicated and how easy it is for a candidate to get there. But you know, it all comes down to the uh, you know turnout, as you probably know, Boyd. It comes down to turnout. So uh, if I'm running for president, you know, next time I'll I'll have to get the turnout and I'll have to get the votes. There but, we go. Uh, yeah. Hey, let's let's uh, zero in just a little bit in terms of uh, Utah. Any interesting things uh, trending on social as it relates to the fourth congressional district or the gubernatorial race? Uh, anything happening here in the state of Utah? Yeah, for Utah, I've seen. You know, Utah actually was one of the top uh, trending terms on on Google this morning. Um, a lot of people taking a look. I know the, the Spencer Cox was one of the also uh, top trending terms uh, this morning. I think people are looking at that race just because of the civility um, stuff with that. You know, there's that commercial that, you know, we've all reported on about, you know, them coming together and everything like that. Um, the the early voting um, and the and the mail-in drop-off ballots, I think there was that, funny enough, there was a, there was a Facebook post going around about 
a lot of the the ballot boxes uh, in Utah were overflowing, and like uh, some of the ballots were like falling out of the boxes oh, no. because so many people trust the system in Utah. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, people are just kind of looking to see where to drop it off. I think Utah's seeing a big, uh, big number of uh, ballot box uh, voting, um, and I think Utah is getting close to beating 2016's turnout as well. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of been trending as well for for Utah and. Um, and I think the Burgess Owens and the Adams races, yeah, getting a lot of national attention. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, very good. So as as you look at uh, that, if you're just joining us, we've got Herb Scribner on the line. Yeah, he handles he handles all things trending uh, at the Deseret News and is a great resource for us uh, on a host of different issues as they uh, kind of bubble up out there in the Twitterverse and uh, on the interwebs, as we like to say. And uh, so as you've been looking at that today. Uh, of course, the the meme world is uh, is kind of an entity unto itself. Uh, any good memes or anything a little more lighthearted that uh, brought a smile to the uh, to the universe today? I think some of the celebrity appearances that were I guess it's more of a yesterday thing, but I know Biden spent time with Lady Gaga. That was kind of some funny uh, some funny things. People are uh, making light of the kind of like I said earlier the uh, the election maps. I know that people are kind of. Um, just kind of making fun of like how that would go. I know, uh, you know, people are just kind of having fun with that. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of the general, uh, memification of the election, you know, putting, putting candidates in like funny little photos and stuff. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it just seems like a very, like a year where people are kind of just, um, really involved in like the, the, the voting and the predictions, um, you know, I think uh, I think there's been a lot of video clips played of both candidates just kind of doing their thing. Uh, the memes are still early, you know, it's still early in the day, so we'll see what comes out later um, because it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm sure there's going to be more stuff as uh, as kind of the day develops. I wish I, I wish I had a better answer for you, Boyd, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll see a lot of Baby Yoda out there. That's, you know, baby that, Yoda memes. That's what I was going to ask. Has Baby Yoda weighed in on the election yet? Do we have an official documented uh, statement from Baby Yoda? <laughs> All I can tell you about Baby Yoda is that uh, people are people are putting a lot of Baby Yoda memes out there in order to uh, fill up the timeline, fill up the news feeds. <laughs> so that way, we're not seeing everybody's uh, everybody's prediction because uh, I mean, you know, Baby Yoda's just. You know, it's quiet and objective, and you know, doesn't not, doesn't move things one way or the other. Yeah, not 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 a bad pattern for uh, election day. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So we'll see more. I'm sure. All right, awesome, Herb Scribner from the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us. Good to take a, a little lighter look at what's happening out there and uh, all things trending uh, out there in the universe. Thanks for joining us today, Herb. Thanks, Boyd. All right, uh, a lot of good stuff uh, yet to come. Uh, actually, just was texting with uh, Senator Steve Daines out of Montana. He is in a down-to-the-wire race against Steve Bullock. Uh, if we thought there was a lot of negativity and a lot of dollars spent on the fourth congressional race, uh, the amount of money spent in Montana was just over the moon. Uh, so it'll be very fascinating. That's one race that I will be watching tonight. I think that one could be uh, indicative. Although it's a, it's a lesser-known race, uh, it is a Senate seat held by a Republican, uh, could be really critical coming down the home stretch. But uh, Steve Daines just checked in, and they're feeling pretty good uh, coming down the final hours uh, before they start counting ballots there up in Montana. All right, let's go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, our good friend Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics weighs in on what's happening and what comes next. Stay with us.
sources. Inside sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is Election Day. It is great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as we continue to march uh, towards the top of the hour and uh, help you continue to divide the rage from the reason out there and elevate the conversation, uh, very happy to have uh, join us our good friend uh, who leads the Hinckley Institute of Politics at the University of Utah, uh, our good friend Jason Perry. Jason, how are you on Election Day? Well, it's such a great day, Boyd. I'm glad to talk to you. It's like a Super Bowl for those of us that love this kind of stuff. <laughs> That's right. And uh, and it is a uh, Super Bowl kind of day. I'm sure uh, your day started very early with both uh, local and national media wanting you to weigh in on what's going on. And uh, give us a, a sense first, as you've talked to different people uh, here around the state and across the country, what is your sense of where voters are uh, as we come down the home stretch on election 2020, well, it's interesting to see what what voters care about. I will I will say as we watch the the turnout, the ballots that are coming in, the people that are showing up to vote in person, the nation is awake in a very significant way, and I, I think it's just so unique what we're seeing right now. It's not you know hopefully this is not something that exists in our lifetime again where you have a presidential campaign and important uh, positions all across the state during the, the largest public health crisis that we've had in a century. I think that, you know, what I'm, what I'm getting from people is they are engaged because they care about the issues and you know, the things that are happening in the White House and the Senate and the House are impacting all of us in, in, in ways that are significant right now, from our, from our jobs to our food to our health. Even to our kids in school, everything is impacted right now. And I think that's why we're seeing such big turnout so far. Yeah, I think that's uh, spot on in terms of what people are sensing and feeling. I think some people who may have been kind of off and on voters uh, in the past are suddenly feeling, as you described it, Jason, that this does impact my family and my job and my ability to put food on the table and interact with my neighbors and friends. It's impacting family members and colleagues. Uh, so I think people are uh, awake, as you said, and uh, and getting out there to the polls. Uh, are you sensing any trends or anything as uh, you talk to some of your colleagues and some of your sources across the country, uh, looking at the national perspective first, uh, any inklings or leanings there in terms of what we might see results-wise by the end of the night tonight? Well, it's interesting. We're hearing some from those those national groups, like the AP, for example, who still thinks, even though we have some close races, we're, they're going to be able to call thousands and thousands of these election, elections around the country. But what's interesting right now is what everyone's talking about when they're calling me about is kind of the, the path to victory in terms of the Electoral College and those votes and, and how this election might be different than, uh, than 2016. That's what almost everyone's talking about, because the polling is so close in, in a lot of these places in the country. And there were states that President Trump won last time that he has to win again. And if he doesn't, that's where we all start speculating, too, is if he doesn't pick up some of those key states uh, like last time. That's that's where we're going to get it. Anyone that tells you they know exactly what's going to happen right now just <laughs> just doesn't know what they're talking about. That's, that's what's so interesting. Exactly. So what what states are you looking at uh, as kind of the key indicators for you in terms of how this uh, election might play out? 
Well, you start looking at what happened uh, last time. There are some of these key states. We're talking a lot about Pennsylvania right now. Right. That is a, that is a must win for sure. And some of those votes we're not going to know about. Some of the some of the ballot counting is not even going to start occurring for a while in Pennsylvania. So that's what's so interesting. In fact, I think it's Wednesday morning uh, in the AM is when Pennsylvania will start counting those absentee yeah. ballots and the melon ballots. What's going to cause? Well, that's kind of frustrating. It's going to be a little while <laughs> for. for for states like that, but Biden's lead in Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Florida, uh, th- if those are if those leads do turn out to be what people are saying that they are, the pollsters, then we we may start seeing this race, you know, being called a little earlier for the presidential race than we thought before. Um, I, I, those are the states that I'm looking at um, most closely right now. But there are some of those states like Georgia and North Carolina and even Arizona that President Trump won last time. And really, if he doesn't take those states right now, the paths to 270 votes becomes pretty a lot more difficult. Yeah, and I, I think uh, I, I do think it'll be fascinating to see Florida because I think we'll get uh, Florida's actually already been counting not just ballot, but votes. They've they're actually yes. well in. So uh, you know, by about seven p.m. tonight, they will have a large dump, and Florida could be pretty clear uh, by then. And uh, as you mentioned, if uh, if President Trump is not able to carry Florida, then his path gets really difficult. Uh, I want to go to Georgia for a minute because I've been uh, playing out. I want to get your take uh, one on uh, control of the Senate. And uh, I do believe there's a scenario where we may not know the control of the Senate until January 5th because of that special. There's both senators are up for uh, election this round in Georgia because uh, someone retired. So it's a special election. And then, of course, Georgia has a lot of third party candidates. And in Georgia, if if no one gets to 50 percent on election night, you have a runoff. And that wouldn't happen and be counted until the 5th of January. Uh, how do you see the Senate playing out? Well, th- that is such an interesting unknown, because in the best case scenario, at least right now, my analysis, maybe the Senate uh, stays in Republican hands by one mm-hmm. is, is probably what I would say. Uh, but you start looking at states like Georgia, and this is just so interesting, because this, this ends up being the case where the Democrat wins there, and we don't know until January, and it becomes a, a 50-50, which is which, which is my second possibility is probably what it is. Yeah. Um, it, it makes this presidential race even more important. And not a lot of folks are talking about that. But the vice president, of course, uh, whoever that is, is going to have uh, even more uh, influence there if they're the one breaking the tie every time that occurs. Yeah, that that will be fascinating. Let's get uh, close to home here just in our last couple of minutes here with Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics up at the University of Utah. Uh, Utah's fourth congressional district district. Uh, 20 plus million dollars of negative campaigns coming from the outside. Uh, how do you see that one uh, playing out coming down to the wire? Well, I don't think we're going to know tonight on that race. I, you know, as frustrating as it is, you got to go back to the last time when, and, and this, in this district, when Ben McAdams was up against Mia Love, not many people remember how painful it was to wait for two weeks for us to know the outcome of that race. And right. that's because it was so close, less than 700 votes as, as people uh, will remember, uh, th- that one right there is just going to be too close to to call, at least right now for me. Uh, slight edge uh, in, in the polling uh, went to went to uh, Burgess Owens just most recently, but there's been a surge for Ben McAdams. And it's, sadly, in this race, in my mind, because of what what's happened in terms of the commercials, which I think most people are excited for Election Day just to stop getting those commercials. <laughs> just to be over, yeah. <laughs> uh, just to just end it. But 
the winner of this one is the one not who gained most friends. It's just the one who lo- who lost the least amount of friends. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. what's going to happen in that in that race. <laughs> a, a whole new and a whole new version of frenemies, I think, is uh, <laughs> exactly is emerging there. Uh, and I, you know, as I've watched that all play that play out, uh, the one thing. Uh, that I have been critical of both candidates on is that the the bulk of this money we talk about the super PACs and all of that and there there are plenty of those, but the majority of this money has either come from the Republican Congressional Committee or the Democratic uh, Congressional Committee, and both of these gentlemen are members of those parties, and to me it would take just a little bit of political courage to say yeah I'm a member of that party and I disagree with that. Uh, kind of voting. Will we ever get to that kind of political courage uh, when it comes to the negative campaigning? Well, that is an aspiration we should start pushing, Boyd, because we haven't seen it. And that, that's, that's the reality of the political system right now. And maybe one of the sad, dark parts about it is so much money can be spent by groups outside the state to try to influence voters here. And it does have an impact right. uh, for sure on the ones that are putting it forward. And, you know, there's a blowback on the ones that are, that are not, but at some point, you know, I, I totally agree with you. One of these candidates would have to say, you know, uh, that's th- that group supporting me, but that's not how I want to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, great insight as always. Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics. Uh, I think we'll be rounding you up uh, along with your team as we go through the day here on KSL News Radio. Appreciate your insight and look forward to hearing more from you later on today. Sounds great. Thanks, Boyd. All right. Again, that's Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics up at the University of Utah. We'll go ahead and step aside for a commercial break. When we come back, it is the first Tuesday of November, and I'm here to tell you that Wednesday is about to come to America. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.